Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Fertile Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Today we have a very special guest, kind of a, I guess you would say, a, a almost a rare species, and that would be uh, a Reagan Democrat has joined us today for the program. This is Bob Just. Bob, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And I, you know, Reagan and Trump Democrat. I, I, think oh. I go way back, and I'm and current as well. I was a big, uh, big booster of uh, President Trump. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's people my 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 generation that are saying Reagan Democrat. What what is that even? Because you know, we were born in an era, or I should say, we grew up in an era where it seems like politics has always been for us, our adult lives. It's been very uh, divided. There's no, there's no crossing lines like this. You're either one thing or you're the other. If you're, if you're any kind of conservative, you're a Republican. If you're progressive liberal, then you're definitely a Democrat. And there's no, we don't cross these lines. So, can you explain for us just to to set some groundwork for maybe some of our younger listeners? What would a Reagan Democrat or a Trump Democrat? How does, what is that? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, and it and it is a transition. That's a very good question. Well, first of all, in in the early Reagan era, uh, even going back to the 70s, so the Democrats and before, Democrats were anti-communists, just like Republicans were. Sure. I mean, people tend to think with the McCarthy era, well, maybe uh, McCarthy was a Republican, well, maybe Democrats were not the same. But no, the truth is that normal Democrats, uh, they may be liberal, but normal Democrats were vehemently anti-communists. Uh, being that communism was anti-freedom, so it pretty much came down to that. That's one key element. Um, the other element of the, my being a Reagan Democrat or the difference in, of Democrats in that era is people did tend to vote in, uh, for candidate, not just for party. Sure. So they would lean for the party, but uh, as, in, as in my case, you know, um, I voted for uh, Ronald Reagan when I when I woke up. I was realizing that something was terribly wrong, and the Democratic Party was not handling the situation, and uh, that I thought that Reagan could. It was it came down to that. Now, it, it, during the Reagan era, I became a modified ideological conservative. Mm-hmm. So that would be the difference. By the time of the Trump era, uh, you know, which is a long time afterwards, um, I was. Uh, you know, a movement conservative. I mean, that's the only way to put it. And people would immediately ask, okay, I always get asked in my old national show or wherever, I always get asked, you know, how I woke up. But why I say a Democrat question is a really popular question. And uh, the simple reason, and I'm not shy about it, I, um, by the time I went on the radio, I was still a Democrat. I okay, wait, but we're going to have to pause for a minute because I didn't give you a good introduction. So 
What you guys oh, need to know oh, is that Bob was the executive vice president of Talk Radio Network. He's a writer. He's an author. He's a producer. Uh, he has done so many things. He's worked on research for books from people that are very famous that you would know. But I'm going to let you go find out more about him at his <laughs> website, which is bobjust.com. And then uh, you could also check out democratsforamerica.com. So just let me throw that in there. And now we can get back yeah, to why you stay a Democrat. Yeah, thank you, Crystal. That's right. Um, well, the, 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 as I was saying, the, the, when I first woke up, I was living in Los Angeles, and it made sense, more Democrat area, it made sense to stay a Democrat. You know, besides, when you're born and ra- you know, raised a Democrat, you don't give up party affiliation. Right? You, sure. But then when I went on local radio and then, you know, very soon after national radio, there was a real reason to stay a Democrat because I, I, you know, I knew that the Democratic Party was getting so radical that that Democrats had to be persuaded to vote Republican in in a way to stay the party because I believe in the two party system, of course. Uh, and that became a passion for me is to is to keep people to awaken people, and my belief, and I still believe it, is they can hear it from a Democrat. Right. Uh, whereas it's harder to hear from a Republican. Yes. So th- that's that's a simple reason. And then I, but when I started writing columns in 2000, my first column was called Fascism, Corruption, and My Democratic Party, which got a lot of attention. And what it was was a genuine blowing of the whistle. Uh, in fact, I was, I'm told on the Internet I was the first to use the expression in that column, Cold Civil War. Yeah. And um, so that's 20 years ago, to use the expression cold civil war. And I sent the article to all the Democrat senators because I was really trying to say that uh, to mainstream Democrats, wake up, you're going to lose the party to the hard left. And it's practically mathematical that it'll happen. There's a serious pushback within the party. Now where we find ourselves first, always the pushback has to come from Republicans, and, uh, the, you know, that the, I'm hoping that the, the, the miracle of the Trump movement was how many people crossed over, uh, blacks, Hispanics, you know, uh, it, 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 it was a movement that goes beyond uh, everything. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's what... So, know, so basically what you're saying is you... So st- writing st- columns, I'm trying to reach people. Yeah, so you stayed a Democrat so that you could have influence... With the Democrats. So there's things that you can say to Democrats and about the Democratic Party that I can also say, but being that I am a registered Republican, that's not going to have the same weight as coming from you. Same as if you were to go and tell Republicans what Republicans should be doing, they might be more inclined to listen to me than to you. Yeah. I can say, wake up, dummy, with affection. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like you, say, you, you can talk to a friend. You can say, wake up, right. dummy. Right, uh, but it's harder when you know you're seen as uh, uh, the enemy. R- <laughs> <as> yes. <it> <laughs> <were>. <laughs> so, so you mentioned your article, and I read it. It's it's phenomenal. The the one the fascism corruption in my Democratic Party. So, can we talk about uh-huh. that uh, for a minute? So, what I think you are what are what you've been communicating, what you've been trying to communicate to Democrats for decades is that you believe that the Democratic Party is essentially being destroyed from within. Would you, would you just talk about that for a little bit, what you think it is that's destroying the party, and maybe how that can be reversed? 
Well, yeah, uh, and that goes to the core uh, issue of why uh, I believe Christians can't vote Democrat, can no longer vote Democrat. And I live in New York City now, so yeah. you know, uh, a lot of the Christians I meet you know, vote Democrat. So wait, so wait, so that's um, a great question, and that's really the topic that we're going to focus in on here in just a minute. But you just said something about Christians and voting Democrat. This is a very touchy issue in our country right now. So you're you're saying yeah. you believe that the heart of the matter, the answer would be no. Yeah, and and here's I mean it goes to your question about my um, fascism and corruption in my Democratic Party, sure. uh, which people can find on BobJust.com. It's right there, and you'll see it quickly. Um, well, look in the article. Now you can imagine writing this article twenty years ago. Yeah. I made every effort. It was my first column for World Net Daily. I write now also for American Thinker at, uh, and for Fox News. And so the um, I use as my main step-off source, as you know, Crystal, from reading it, that I use the Newsweek column, which mm-hmm. was famous, published in December of 1990, called Thought Police. Yeah. And in that article... Um, uh, the Newsweek, if you can imagine, Newsweek described the the Marxist hybrid that existed on college campuses, which mm. they described as PC. Back then it was called PC, now called the cancer culture. Yeah. The bottom line is it's rooted in it's rooted in something that is not identifiably American. Okay. I also wrote a column my on American Democratic Party. I've written many columns to try to reach Democrats over the last 20 years, um, but uh, to to expand it to the why Christians can't vote Democrat. Look, the basic principle of Americanism is we're a nation under God, okay? Mm-hmm. The uh, Declaration of Independence are, I call it a political faith, meaning, you know, we don't, we don't say to a non-believer, you have to believe in God. We say our political system is based on it's the, the fact that our rights come from God and not from government. Right. Government is instituted by us to protect those rights. Government didn't give us those rights. Now, that's a central principle, because if government gave us those rights, they can take them away. Yeah. They have authority over them. And we're saying, we Americans say, you don't have authority over my rights. My rights come from God. Sure. And so that's a very important thing. Now, the problem is the um, my uh, my party no longer has any fear of God. Now, anyone who knows you know biblical has you know any schooling in in the Bible knows that it's one of the you know common things that's said of the presence of evil. There's no fear of God. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no. You know, if you take a simple example, if I go into a bookstore and I'm tempted to steal a book, um, I can be worried about um, being caught, sure. But the greater protection is not the fear of being caught. The greater protection is that I fear a higher judgment. Right. I have a conscience, and I know it's wrong to steal. I know it's wrong to commit adultery. I know it's wrong to do certain things. And and once I lose that sense of wrong, I have no fear of God. I mean, basically, I have no—I don't have a conscience. And you know that that's actually a, 
a mental disease. You know, mm-hmm. that to have no conscience is, is an identifiable mental disease. Right. So this is a very scary thing. In fact, there's a wonderful book uh, written way back called The People of the Lies, written back in the 80s by M. Scott Peck. I think every pastor should read it. He's, uh, Scott, uh, Dr. Peck was uh, famous for writing The Road Less Travel. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I are talking at the perfect moment to talk about this issue, because increasingly people are seeing my party as the party of the lie. Now, what do you mean by people of the lie? He's talking about the fact that, that uh, evil by its nature lives in an unreality, and it's a false reality. It concocts its own reality. And um, one of the comments he makes in the book is, where there is lying there's evil present, which is, you know, basically common sense, you know, because where does lying go? I mean, where lying goes is there's, there's no reality. You're increasingly disconnected from reality, and you start to have a harder and harder time telling what is true and what's not true. The difficult thing for the American voter yet is, you know, where do I go to get the truth? Yeah. Who loves me? Who really loves me? Who cares more about the well-being of the average American than they do about their own power or their own well-being, which is a simple way to think of love, right? So when Angela Codilla just uh, wrote a, 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 a column recently, if I can dig it up, I'll quote it from it. Yeah, here it is. Those are this. This is gladness. This is just sense of, of this is, I think, what Trump is all about, but this is the mood of the American people. Eighty-six percent of all voters believe political leaders are more interested in protecting their power than in doing what's right for wow. American people. And that's a poll taken by Pat Cadell, who's a famous Democrat, mm-hmm. and he took that poll in 2014. Okay, but, you know, it's basically modern. It's basically current. Yeah. Now, stop and think about that. Such 86 percent of all voters yeah. believe political leaders are more interested in protecting their power than in doing... Get, get, the, get the phrase, doing what's right for the American people. Yeah. Well, if you don't have any fear of God, if you don't have any acknowledgement of an authority higher than yourself, then you are the modern Democratic Party. And that's why, at core, there's more to talk about. But that, at core, that's why Christians cannot vote Democrat until the Democratic Party wakes up. Now, let me say just one more thing to be positive about this. I think there's revival in this. Yeah, Because at a certain point, the lie has this kind of oppressive downward pressure. It's, it's a form of tyranny, right? Because if you're living in the context of a lie, like the old Soviet Union, you're living in the context of a lie, it's, it's like you're in prison and you want to break out, right? Well, I think increasingly we're at the point of, of people wanting to break out, whether they're Democrat or Republican or whatever, because... Nobody likes to be lied to. Yeah. That's the interesting irony of all this. The Democratic Party no longer plays by rules. It's pure right? They believe that what they want is so right, it's so good, that they can lie together. And uh, that, that uh, is starting to fall apart. By the way, I call that the Harry Reid principle. <laughs> you know, we famously lied about Mitt Romney. We'll appreciate that. Well, they famously lied about Mitt Romney's taxes. Mm-hmm. And when he was confronted about it, and I have a Washington Post article right in front of me, 
about this. And this is really important. Harry Reid lied about a Republican candidate for president in 2012. And here's a quote from the Washington Post. Yet Reid, Democrat Nevada, not only refused to retract the allegation, but also seemed to take great pride in it. When pressed by CNN's Dana Bash last year about continuing to defend a statement that is not true, Reid responded, Romney didn't win, did he? Yeah. That's the modern Democratic Party. Yeah. And that's why Christians can't vote Democrat. Now, I'm making a point beyond simply not voting for the Democratic Party. I wrote a column for World Net Daily last June, and the title of it was, Democrats can save our party mm-hmm. by voting Republican. So, in other words, the, the motive is positive. We need to correct the Democratic Party. We need to heal them. We need to get them to get back on the American path of, yes, there is, there, there is a, an authority higher than, than you, and no wrong is not right and right is not wrong. You don't get to define everything by the, you know, on the basis of your own ambition. So the goal is to heal. It's important, for, especially for Christians. The goal is to heal. If you want to heal the Democratic Party, you can't vote Democrat. Yeah, and I, I really love, you hit on a few things there. My mind is just racing as you're talking. But, you know, with, with Harry Reid and what happened there with Mitt Romney, I think that's so comparable to what's happening even right now with Ron DeSantis in Florida and how the media and Democrats are portraying right. what he's been doing, which is just flat-out false. Um, and then I, I love what you did with taking it back to the root of the issue, because I think a lot of times as conservative Republicans and especially as Christian Republicans, uh, I, I don't want to say we get caught up in because that sounds like it would be negative. And I'm not saying this in a negative sense, but a lot of times we focus in on individual issues like abortion or marriage. And, and those are issues that are of great concern to us. But at the crux of the matter, it's that what we are what we what we do when it comes to policy is based on whether or not we have that fear of God. And I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. And when the moral compass is just gone and removed, then any other issue, pick your favorite one, it's going to be reflected. Your, your policy will reflect whether or not you have that moral compass, whether or not you are choosing to do what is right. And if you see the world as things are right and wrong and not what's wrong is right and what's right is right. We just, everything is all jumbled up. And in one of your articles, I love this line. I don't remember which one it came from. (laughs) But you said, if someone offers you poison, you don't ask what brand. And I just love that. Right. That's the Democrats. Democrats should vote. uh, Democrats can save our party by voting Republican. And that's on Democrats for America. And I don't think, I want to clarify, too, though. You're right. What brand of poison? Yeah, but you're you're not saying that the Republican Party is necessarily the answer for America. I, I don't think that's what you're saying. I think what you're saying is that for Democrats, you can't save the Democratic Party by continuing to vote for the Democrats who are currently running the party. Exactly. Exactly. You have to change leadership, and the only way to change leadership is for them to be, is to for them to be genuinely rebuked at the ballot box. Genuinely, listen. Democrats can cheat all they want. They cannot win by cheating. If, if especially Christian Democrats, we have, there's, there's a lot of Christian Democrats out there. If Christian Democrats stop voting Democrats, the Democratic Party is in big trouble. 
because of course the you know they, the the African American is a very faithful um, uh, you know group of people, and yeah. and of course are still vastly majority Democrat. I mean, can you imagine that if the if faithful Christian black Democrat just said, you know, we're not voting anymore. You you're not a party of truth anymore. You're not a party that has love. You can't love if you're a liar. You can't love if you have no truth on your heart. The two are are directly connected. Yeah. And so it becomes a really important issue. And I tell you, I love the fact you and I are both FOA friends with Hannity, right? So. <laughs> Last yes. night, he body slammed the Democratic Party on the issue of lying. Yeah. I mean, just, the, you know, in terms of the, this terrible, terrible thing they're doing now about, uh, about Jim Crow, you know, the voting, mm-hmm. Jim Crow voting, et cetera. I mean, that is such a lie. But let me, let me make one additional point that I know um, your listeners will appreciate, because we understand the danger of pride. We understand the danger of judgment. And we, we understand how often we are warned about that, right? Well, there's a technique, and I, I, part of the reason I know this is having gotten my master's degree at NYU Film School, these, these techniques are used in film because you, you want to engage an audience in a movie. So if you can get them to judge, you involve them. Mm. If you can get them to, that, that's, that's a, a technique. Now, listen, listen to how, how it works. I mean, of course, a lot of this you know, Crystal, but for the sake of everyone listening, the, the, the pride of judgment, okay? What you hear a headline, and the headline says, no one can give a bottle of water to someone online in a hot day. How outrageous. And you say, that's outrageous. Who yeah. would pass such a law? Hey, we're going to shut down voting at 5 o'clock just when people are getting off walk. And you go, that's outrageous. Those Republicans, I'm, I'm fed up. I've had it. And see, you don't just judge. You invest your pride in your judgment. Mm-hmm. You've made a judgment, and you've invested your pride in that judgment. Then you hear another headline. Officer Sicknick was bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher. They murdered him. They bludgeoned him. Those Trump people in a riot. And, and you get you get all and emotionally, of course, the media pumps this and pumps this and pumps this. And so, but our, we fall. Our sin is we judge and we invest our pride after. You don't just listen yeah. to the news and go, oh, I wonder if that's true. I wonder right. if that's true. We right. don't say, I wonder if that's true. You know, those Republicans, you know, or those Democrats. Yeah. I mean, yep. Republicans do it too. Do it. Yep. They're putting kids in cages. Oh my gosh, they're putting kids in cages. So what happens is Republicans are always, and let me put it another way, honest people. Are always playing catch up. Yeah, I learned from my father an expression, which is I think fairly commonly known: that a lie travels around the world while the truth is still putting its boots on. Mm-hmm. I think that was a Mark Twain quote. So we, our side, and I'm not being partisan now because I think partisanship is a, is a dead issue. I mean, there are Republicans I would never vote for sure. unless they were running against a Democrat. But in the primary, if I were voting in a Republican, right. Party, never. Right. But the, the point is, our conference were always playing catch-up. And so the, the Democrats do what I call plausible accusation. Constant accusing, you know, critical theory. Constant accusing. You did wrong. You did wrong. You did wrong. At a certain point, we have to figure out, I mean, what do you think of a friend, Crystal, 
who criticizes you. Well, on one level, you say, well, a good friend would criticize you. Sure. Yes, that's true. But what do you think of a friend who would always criticize you, always criticize you? Nothing you ever did was right. At a certain point, you look at that person and you think, this person is not a friend of yeah. mine. We're not going to be friends very long. Yeah, well, they're, they're, the, the Democrats are always criticizing America. Nothing is ever good yeah. enough for them. And uh, there's a spiritual dimension to this. You know, we have to remember that. There is a spiritual dimension. We are a nation under God. We are a nation that claims God for our very rights as a citizen. And so there's, there, you know, politics is spiritual warfare increasingly. So, so you, oh, I, uh, it totally is. Oh, my goodness. And that's a whole, we could do a whole podcast just on spiritual warfare and politics. <laughs> but so uh, you are, you are, trying to win Democrats, saying that the Democratic Party is being destroyed and that the destruction of the Democratic Party is an indication of the end of American liberty. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it, it's very difficult for this country to survive with, uh, with an American party and an un-American party. Mm. I mean, we are a nation that depends on, you know, the expression... Yeah, we'll get the adults in a room and we'll make a decision. You know, yeah. that, that's been used all my lifetime, right? Well, what do they mean by the adults in the room? They mean by people, or what do they mean by nonpartisanship? It's a similar kind of thing. It means you need to get level-headed men and women into the room who are responsible to, to kind of set the noise aside and say, what's right? Yeah. What is the right thing to do for the American people? What is the right thing to do? Now, you can disagree over the right thing. But you can compromise over the right thing. You know, in other right. words, you, you're level-headed and you're, all right, well, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, those people don't exist anymore. Right. And so and we need to get them back. And the way to get them back is get more adults. And they're adults in charge of the party. But there are no adults in charge of the Democratic Party that I can identify. Even Manchin, I question what he'll do when the rubber meets the road. Yeah. We'll see. But sure. I, you know. So then from so your it's perspective... A, it's a difficult issue. Yeah, it really is. But then from your perspective, when you're saying that Democrats can't vote, or they can save the party by voting Republican, but we're also saying that the Republican Party itself isn't necessarily the answer. We're looking for individuals. We're not voting by party necessarily, but we're voting for individuals. And right now, there just aren't a lot of Democrats that would fit the bill, if you will. But from your perspective, what is it that Republicans need to be doing to maybe win over some of those Democrats and to actually be the type of people that all Americans want to vote for, not just those that have grown up Republican or, or that might be Reagan Democrats that we can sway? Well, I, you know, I think the Trump movement, which is a continuation of the Reagan movement, I mean, Reagan called for a new patriotism. And if we have time, I'll read you a quote about his, you know, about this uh, what he saw as the problem with the secular tourism. He gave a speech in 1983 to the National Association of Evangelicals. It's famously called the Evil Empire speech. And actually, he said something in that speech. In fact, actually, that may be an answer to your question, so let me read it now. There you go. That that speech is famous for the fact that using the phrase Evil Empire in relation to the Soviet Mm -hmm. Union. What Reagan did that was so revolutionary is he spoke with moral authority to an atheist, to, you know, godless communism, which is our problem with communist China. Yeah. Back then, people realized the word godless 
was as important as communism in terms of mm. understanding its danger. Mm-hmm. It was godless communism, they realized. So Reagan spoke with moral authority, and of course all the secular media freaked out when he was so direct. But the interesting thing is that as famous as that speech is for the phrase evil empire, what I'm about to read you is more important, uh, actually more important, of course the media ignored it. It's more important to understanding the battle within this country. So Reagan said, I want you to know that this administration is motivated by a political philosophy that sees the greatness of America in you, her people, and in your families, churches, neighborhoods, communities, the institutions that foster and nourish values like concern for others and respect for the rule of law under God. And there's the point. He goes on to say, Now, I don't have to tell you, this puts us in opposition to, or at least out of step with, a prevailing attitude of many who have turned to a modern-day secularism, discarding the pride and time-tested values upon which our very civilization is based. It's the battle that's going on now. He goes on, no matter how well-intentioned their value system is radically different from that of most Americans. Mm. And while they proclaim that they're freeing us from the superstitions of the past, they've taken upon themselves the job of superintending us by government rule and regulation. Wow. And that is what we're dealing with. We are now dealing with the reason why there was such hostility to Donald Trump, is Donald Trump represented that reality. He was pushing back against the secular... Uh, deep state, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, he was pushing hard and re- and representing regular Americans, and that goes to the answer to your question. We we uh, you know movement conservatives, patriots is really ultimately what it's about under God, America. We patriots uh, have to reach Democrats in their heart of hearts, where they also object to being lied to and where uh, they also want to be loved, and they also want to find out what's truth and what's the best for their personal lives and what's best for the country. There, there, there are millions of Democrats like that. Yeah. But we've been trapped in the label. The trick of yep. label is a terrible thing. So if you get them to, that's why I say Democrats, because they're effectively, you know, hypnotized by the label. So, but yeah. truth uh, is a powerful thing. Reality is a powerful thing. And you can live in a sub-reality like being a drug addict. At a certain point, you're in the gutter, you've lost your family, you've lost your job, and at a certain point, um, you know, you have a moment where you've got to say, I'm either going to continue in this crazy unreality and kill myself by slow degrees, or I'm going to wake up and, and realize that I need to get my life straight. And this country um, needs to wake up. I mean, the irony of the woke expression is that wokeism is, is really sleepism. You know, yeah. the Bible speaks yeah. very often about wake, wake up, O sleeper. You know, mm-hmm. sleeper, wake up. The phrase is uh, uh, light and darkness, waking up and sleeping. These are terms. So we're, that's why I'm excited about this moment, because I really do think that there is, a, a great awakening in this moment, because at a certain point, 
when someone has lied to you over and over and over again, you know, gaslighted you, you know, over and over and over again, at a certain point you realize you're in such pain, there's got to be a better way. And the way is the truth. And when you see that, and when you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, there are millions of people out there who represent that truth and can, you know, lead me to that truth, um, you know, it's it's a tremendous uh, moment, not just politically, because I believe in, you know, I hope in for political awakening, otherwise the country's going to be uh, the country is going to be destroyed if we don't wake up. But behind that political awakening, I believe and hope and pray for a spiritual awakening. Yeah, of course. We we have to end the end the polarization, both Democrats and Republicans, and recognize that there is one source of truth and that we have to get back to the basics, back to the values that hold us all together and that our nation was built upon. Those are the the biblical principles uh, that we find in Christianity and the Bible and that that's ultimately what it all comes down, uh, what it comes down to. So um, we're we're running out of time and we were going to talk about some community policing today. That's a completely different topic from where we are, so we might have to do that on a different uh, different podcast. But we have another uh, another mutual friend who would be displeased with me if I didn't get in a couple things here. He told me there were two questions that I had to ask you. And I don't have any idea what these things mean or where they're going to go because, <laughs> you know, hey, James, thanks for listening. You know, James. Right. So uh, ber- <laughs> so first he said I had to ask you about birthdays in schools. What what is this birthdays in schools? Oh, yeah. And of course, we can do that. That is related. to community That's community policing. Well, OK. All right. And then is yeah, uh, CFAC. Is that also at the kids? Okay. And what's the other thing? CFAC. Oh, yeah, that's all related. That's to all in the community policing. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, in, in, the end, in the end, true community policing is about community healing. Yeah. So all of those things relate to community healing, and uh, they were just very much on my heart as a Christian community organizer. <laughs> just the difference is I organize people to, to improve society without burdening government. Sure. Whereas uh, the Linsky community organizing, you know, they're organizing people to demand more of government. Well, and so really, that's the I, that's I, the church's responsibility, and I think that we, as a, as the American church, has failed in many respects to do our job. And then we've watched the government come in and take over areas that we should be doing more. And that's something that uh, that I think would be a great conversation that I would love to have you back for because our church is very involved. Yeah. The Las Vegas Police well, Department you, does you, a lot with community policing, and and we're able to be part yeah, of that. Great. So, um, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. My whole work of last 25 years in grassroots in community work is is to develop a system for the church, capital C, to impact the local community in a blessed way. Yeah. So that what you're just you're totally hitting on all cylinders for me. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so that's going to be our next topic when we have you uh, when we have you back probably in a few weeks, depending on uh, what your schedule looks like. So yeah, we'll, good. we'll, we'll get that set up. And uh, if you guys have any questions, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, wait, 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 
I don't think that this this is going to work. We can't be Democrats voting for Republicans. And if you're a Republican and you're like, what is he? What is this Democrat that's saying to vote Republican? <laughs> and you have a specific question, you can send that to me. You can put it on Facebook or Twitter at the Frittle. Find me there, or you can email it to me, text it in, however you want. And then the next time we have Bob on, we'll go over uh, any of those questions that you might have as well. Does that work for you, Bob? Yeah, absolutely. All Thanks right. very much, Crystal. I've enjoyed <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, great to talk with you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Again, you can find out more about Bob. You can visit his website at bobjust.com, and you can also visit democratsforamerica.com as well. Thanks so much, Bob. I appreciate you being with us. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for joining us over on the podcast. And to those of you listening on KVXL 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas, great to have you with us. I am so looking forward to having Bob back again. You are going to love our next conversation. Uh, He is part of some really incredible organizations. And if you're here in Las Vegas and you go to Liberty and you're involved in any of our community policing uh, outreaches with the hockey or uh, or door-to-door with recaps or anything like that, I think you are really, really going to appreciate uh, what Bob is doing and get get some real inspiration from that. So we'll have him back on in a few weeks to talk about that and how we transform uh, our communities as as local churches, how we can reach out into our communities and how we should be reaching out into our communities. So I hope you will uh, join us for that, probably be in a few weeks. Don't forget to join us on Sunday. We have our Sunday morning services, 8 o'clock, 9.45, and 11.30 Sunday morning. Our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. We would love to have you and your family join us for any of those services or Sunday evening at 5 p.m. for our WANA program and our adult Bible studies. Hope to see you then. Have a great weekend. See you next week. <laughs>